Well, hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Firmamental Podcast. Hello to all of my firmamentalists out there. Um, tonight, we got an extra special guest in the house. I think most of my listeners are familiar with this man's work, and most of them are, are fans and followers of his work. The one and only George Hobbs from Fact Hunter and Flat Earth Files. Uh, George has been a huge inspiration to me, and I know that I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for George lighting the fire underneath me and me becoming a guest on his show. And and he asked me when I went on his show, like, hey, man, uh, you know, and I heard him mention it in previous episodes about uh, wanting people to join the, the Truth Podcasting community, and, and we need more voices out there. So he definitely influenced me and lit a fire underneath me to get started, and through him, I've connected with some great individuals, and we got we got a great thing going here on Firmamental, and I'm very grateful for this man. I'm very grateful for his work, and I'm a, I'm a fan of him. And he's just, uh, you know, how good his podcast is, he's even a better human being. He's just genuinely one of the most, uh, you know, honest and, and open books out there, and I just respect this man to the utmost. So here he is, folks, the one and only George Hobbs. Say hello. What's up, brother? Thank you so much for having me on uh, your podcast. It's really cool after interviewing some of the other people to start to make the rounds on uh, the folks who have uh, come on my show. Now so many people have broken off and uh, created their own podcast, and, and they're they're amazing. And I, I've said before, the more quality voices we get out there, the better chance we have of getting in people's algorithm. Uh, there is power in numbers, and it's going to take, an, you know, they say it takes an army to move a mountain. And we are up against the ultimate evil. What we're seeing every single day when we wake up and we look at the news and we shake our head and we're like, you got to be kidding. This, this, this bizarro world we're living in. And you are starting to see the great veil falling amongst men and people, even the most normie of normies, are starting to wake up and understand that they are being lied to and it's great to see people like yourself and robert and, and by the way shout out to claude who does so much work behind the scenes and of course alex who's kind of behind the scenes here as we record this podcast of uh kp designs there are so many people uh in our little circle that work very hard and uh, we do it for the truth uh we don't do it for the cars we don't do it for the ladies we do it for the passion we do it for the truth <laughs> We do it for our children and our children's children to make a better world for them. Hey Amen. I couldn't say it any better myself. And, you know, I was inspired to do this show because I think it is important, you know, and I think we all have our own uh, special talents that we bring to the table. And I know that you brought a lot of listeners to my show. I know that you brought a lot of listeners to Robert's show. And then we also got Derek Stitt out there starting up his show, Talking Stitt. And uh, we've all been uh, guests on your show, like I said, uh, just a little while ago. But you're right, man. Like, I got Claude and Alex on my team, and we kind of got this trinity going on. And, you know, it's not about uh, becoming famous or, or you know, having financial gains or anything. But, you know, if we can turn this into something in the future, or, you know, and, and have it grow organically, like any blessing is is graciously accepted. But that's not why we're doing this. We're doing this because we feel this is important. We're doing this because we want to expose these liars and these frauds that are running our governments and our systems and and have infiltrated every echelon of our society, be it uh, music or media or, or, you know, these people are sick that run this world. And we're trying to expose these people and for the fork tongue liars they are so our children can have a better world. 
hundred percent. And we've got such uh, so many talented people that have come on the podcast, and like I said, and are now just uh, blazing their own trails. And I'm so happy to see that again. There's power in numbers, and uh, you know, God's ultimate victory is, is at hand. Amen. So why don't we just go ahead and get into it? You know, I have a list of questions here for you, George. Um, I'll go ahead and start with my first one, but, uh, you know, we'll let this thing flow organically. And if we end up following down some rabbit holes and we'll probably talk some flat earth stuff, but what's cool about you. And I know you got some fans that are strictly like flat earth files listeners. And then some that are fact hunter listeners. Uh, me, I listen to both. I, I love them both. And you're my favorite podcaster, man. So it's like, I, it's for me, this is like, I, I used to be a big sports guy. So I'm kind of treating this like if you, if you were my favorite athlete and I was like a, a sports beat writer and I get to uh, interview my favorite athlete, you know, so uh, <laughs> we're going to have some fun. Yeah, we're going to have some fun here. And this is for the fact hunters out there and the, the people that enjoy Flat Earth Files and those of you that enjoy both. I just want you to to get to know George just a little bit more on a personal level, you know, as much as he feels comfortable sharing with us. So I was just going to go ahead and, and ask you, man. Uh, let the fans and listeners know what was George like as a kid? Like, you know, where did you grow up? What was life like? And what were you into? Well, I grew up in Stanton, Delaware, which is a very small suburb south of Wilmington, Delaware, which is the biggest city here in the tiny state. And I lived about a couple miles from uh, the big racetrack. If anybody follows horses knows Delaware Park. Um, I had a couple people very instrumental in my life. My grandfather, he was a guy who had a third grade education, dropped out of school, as many people did back in the 20s uh, and in the early 30s at that time during the Depression. They, they 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 left school and they did what they could to work to feed their families. And he was a self-made man, uh, went on to own a car dealership and did really well. And I was kind of lucky in that aspect. So when I was in junior high school, I would spend the summers uh, washing the cars, cleaning the cars, doing things on the car lot. I had a, a paper route from the time I was probably 10 or 11 until I was 15 or 16. I, I just always, uh, I always was working, always had money in my pocket. You know, my dad and my, uh, my grandfather, obviously, as I just told you, my father was a, a mailman and he was in the Delaware National Guard and our family lineage back to the Civil War. We had all been in the military, all of us, all the males in the family. And uh, there's a picture of me, 11, 12 years old in my army uniform. So it wasn't, uh, if I was going to join the Army, I was going to do that. It was my duty. It was graduate high school, uh, go to basic training, AIT, and come back and then find a job. But, you know, I was in the Delaware National Guard first. I wasn't full-time Army. So I did graduate in July of 1987. I entered uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, um, and I went to basic training in the summer in the middle of Missouri, and uh, <laughs> they were mighty, mighty hot and getting smoked and doing a 1,000 push-ups a day. Uh, they they break you down, and they rebuild you into a yes, sir, no, sir, do as you're told, jump on the grenade. It, you know, it it is a different world. Now, I was very disappointed to see I'm kind of jumping ahead, but it's pertinent this part of the story, um, how the Army... Uh, about 2007, 2008, how it started to deteriorate uh, was very disheartening to me. Part of that was because um, people like the, the sexy things about the Army, going to the range and doing target practice and, you know, throwing a grenade uh, safely on the range when you're not being shot at um, and doing training and things like that. But nobody likes getting shot at or blown up. 
So, you know, that was about the third tour of Iraq and people recruiting numbers were very, very low. So they started making all these waivers for recruits to join the military. Um, so instead of getting the best of the best, you weren't getting the best. You were getting uh, felons, people who weren't uh, maybe have the, the greatest moral compasses. So, but I really jumped ahead. Um, so I got married very young. By the time I was 21, I had been to combat desert storm and had two children. And uh, I ended up getting divorced in about 1994. And I went through a very, very, very rough patch. And I think many young men, uh, probably uh, 80% of young men have the kind of same story. You get married very young and, uh, you know, things don't work out. You get divorced and you go through a bumpy part of your life. And then uh, you get humbled, right? Sometimes you got to hit the bottom before you can make your way back up. And uh, I was at a pretty low point, and there was a commercial on the radio uh, saying that, you know, the Army was rehiring prior services because I already did my uh, six years in the Guards and got out. And I was working two full-time jobs just to try to make ends meet. So I went back in the Army in the mid-'90s full-time and went to Fort Polk, Louisiana. And... um so the first time I joined the military in 1987, uh, I did it out of, you know, patriotism and duty. Uh, to be quite honest, the second time I did it out of necessity to make myself better. And um, as much as you hear me on the podcast talk about the people who uh, run the military, you know, it's supposed to be the Department of Defense, not the Department of Offense and you know, most people listening to the podcast know what we did to Libya, know what we did to Iraq, to Syria, and we could go on and on and on. And uh, I'm a firm believer in military. Otherwise, you'd be speaking Mandarin or Russian if we didn't have a military, right? So it's important. Right. So we as citizens, so now I'm a private citizen, uh, you can't say things in the military. Like if I went on face, if I was uh, Staff Sergeant Hobbs in the military today and I went on uh, Facebook, and I said, uh, Joe Biden is a miserable piece of crap, I could get an Article 15 for it. You you don't have the same freedoms as someone like you or I, even though those are starting to waver. So it's our responsibility, and I try to make this clear on the other podcast on the Fact Hunter, is the citizens of this country who do have the voice, who can provide the actions, we need to make sure that we hold the government accountable and we have done a miserable job of doing so for the last 110 years and there's some people that think that you know there's nothing we can do i do think there are things that we can do and the thing and i'll start to get back to the flat earth type of thing but just to so people know where i'm coming from it is you know i it drives me crazy to, for people and i see it on social media all the time Oh, you just wait till November of 2024. We're going to vote Trump in and everything's going to go back to normal. I mean, that is the most illogical statement that I can't even process. It's like you just want to forget about everything that just happened. You want to forget about a stolen election. You want to forget about the tyranny that I could not have fathomed that we would endure in this country in my lifetime, in my children's lifetime, what we went through. You just want to forget about all that, cross your fingers, and hope for November 2024. Because the people who stole the election are going to be honest this time, right? It just doesn't make any sense. And it all goes back to, it actually does come full circle to flat earth, because the truth is everything. 
We need to get to the bottom of the elections. We need to get to the bottom of all the people who introduced and executed the tyranny that we've seen over the last three years with uh, mandatory vaccinations and jabber job and you're not essential and mom and pop stores getting closed down. Your church is being closed down. All of these things are full circle, including the flat earth. And the flat earth is one of the bigger things. Um, if that veil falls, like when I had uh, Dag on it, the guy who goes around and was chasing the astronauts, make them put their hand on the Bible. Um, he was on my show back in February. Art's the real. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> those two things, the moon landing, which is another big one, that's on, on paper, that's the greatest accomplishment in the history of mankind. If that is a lie, then you have to question every single narrative in history. So we do have to do a better job of holding people accountable. They, they spend our money like it's going out of style. And if we don't stop them, you're going to see hyperinflation. You're going to relive the Weimar Republic. You're going to see people uh, worthless cash blowing down the street because a loaf of bread is going to cost you 10 bucks. And it's going to it's going to be because, like Jeremy Brown says, don't do nothing. Do something. Do anything. But if you just sit on your hands and hope for November 2024, that is just not a logical plan. Yeah, you know, I think uh, perfectly said and. I 100% agree with you. I got wrapped up in the previous election cycle and uh, I had so much anxiety in my life and I was so frustrated and it was just coming from every angle and I saw the way it was tearing apart my family, my wife's family, um, all, all kinds of families. I have so many friends that we used to hang out with that were couples that the yeah. pandemic broke apart their marriage because they had... You know, one wants to take the vaccine. The other one doesn't want to. One family's pushing it. The other family's resisting. Now families are quarreling and fighting and, and it, and it was ugly. And I really, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to this upcoming election because I already know, man, they're going to try to pull some false flags and I'm going to be ready for it. Um, I've already said, I've predicted on this show. I think they're going to do something with the, you know, the multi-lettered alphabet community that's out there. And, okay. you know, they're going to stage some sort of, uh, event and it's going to be some crazy, you know, flat earth right wing conspiracy theorist and he's an extremist and it's this and that. I mean, I, I could see it happening. Okay. Um, I'm, I hope it doesn't, but I could see something like that happening. And, and even just when you were talking just now, you, you have me thinking of so many things, but I, I did want to bring up one, you know, you mentioned like, you know, when you're, when you're representing the military and you're, in the military, you can't say things that you can say as a private citizen. And I think, and I can't remember the individual's name, but remember that, uh, and I, I forget what, I think he was in the army or maybe he was a Marine, but remember that guy that spoke out about that sloppy pullout in Afghanistan and he, yeah. it was so despicable to him. And I mean, they crucified that man. Like, <laughs> you know, that was, that was disgusting, you know, and it's like here our military is to uphold our constitution and serve our, and protect our country and we do need a line of defense but we're over here doing all this hard work and we're sacrificing our best and our youngest and our brightest for the for the world elites you know and, and when you go back and you look at all these events you know 9-11 being the big one but you realize that they've manipulated our minds and they played our emotions but now people are starting to wake up to it and i myself like you i grew up in a family that has military roots my dad was in the army my uncle 
Uh, his brother was in the army. He, he served, he did serve in Korea. My dad got lucky and, uh, he, he was enlisted between Vietnam and Korea. So he missed oh, wow. both, you know, but my grandfather served in World War II. My uncle served, uh, no, sorry. My grandfather served in World War One. I. I had an uncle, this, another uncle, great uncle that served in World War II. Um, and, and, and just like you, I have relatives that go all the way back to the Civil War. So, uh, when I was young, I wanted to do the military thing too, but my dad was kind of like the hippie stoner of the family. He was like, <laughs> my dad kind of reminded me of Willie Nelson. You know, if I would have been my uncle's son, I would, he would have supported me going to the military, but my dad hated the experience. So when I told him dad, I'm going to join the military, my dad literally told me, I'll give you money not to. And my dad was a conspiracy theorist before conspiracy was cool. I remember going out to eat with him and his buddies at a little diner. And they were talking about 9-11 being an inside job, and they were going to write to Congress and let them know if they pull another false flag event that they were going to re, they were going to form a militia. And like, you know, these are a bunch of old veterans like sitting around a table talking. And I was like, wow, you know, but like my dad, thanks to my dad, you know, I, it just wasn't in my destiny. It wasn't in my cards, but I was going to do that too. Cause when I was a kid, man, I was crazy and I was getting in a lot of trouble and I was looking in it at the military as maybe a way I could change my life but obviously i didn't do that but you did so you know what was the when, when did you uh retire from the military and I, I i believe you said before on your shows that you know you were injured in combat is that how your military career ended so so actually i'm glad you mentioned that because i need to i'm so terrible i'm still working on being a proper guest i i didn't finish my story <laughs> i ended up getting uh my my second deploy was a desert storm uh, in the national guards i volunteered to go to uh, bosnia for six months and um, I, I went to Fort Bragg for training, and then I flew to Sarajevo, and I got there, and they just transferred the job to Hungary. And I didn't even know where Hungary was in the world. But anyway, my boss was a civilian GS-13, and he was uh, renting a house from who would be my wife, and I met her. We got married in Hungary, and we've been married for uh, – it'll be tw it's 23 years this month, and we had uh, two daughters together. And uh, so she went from Hungary. I was living in Hawaii at the time, so she flew from Hungary to Hawaii and was uh, <laughs> she loved it there. And then we went from there to Fort Drum, New York, which is on the border of Canada, uh, but ended up uh, I did get hurt. Um, see, I, I didn't get hurt so much in, in a combat related way. Um, we, we did take fire and I was in the back of the truck and I jumped out and your your full battle rattled. You've got your helmet and everything else. I did have a. Uh, a compression fracture uh, in my my upper back and my neck. And uh, one thing you don't do in the military is if you don't deploy or you go home unless you're you're seriously wounded, you're you're looked at as um, you you get looked down upon in the military, and uh, it can hinder you from promotion. So during my second deployment, 05 to 06, I tore my meniscus uh, um, in the middle of a patrol. And I, I had to fight through that for, for six months. Getting up and down out of a truck with your, with your uh, body armor on is not easy when you have a torn meniscus. So I came home, and they had actually surgery scheduled for me about five days after I got home. And then I dealt with the neck injury during a 15-month deployment. We left uh, November 2007, and we missed two Christmases in a row, two Thanksgivings in a row. We didn't get home until February 2009. And then for the next uh, four years, I was getting injections and everything. It was a long process, but I, I didn't miss the fourth deployment either. Um, 
And I was older at the time, right? I retired in 2015. And at that point, I was 45 or 46 when I retired. So remember, I had that, I got out, then I went back in. And all that National Guard time doesn't exactly add up to the same amount of years. So I had to do almost 20 years. Uh, they counted my basic, my AIT, which was four months, and then my six months for Desert Storm. So I did about 19 years and change to, to get to my 20 to retire. But I was pretty broken. Uh, I'm dis um, a disability from the VA, and I had my retirement. And I did open up a small business um, in Texas. But the big change in my life was in 2019. Uh, my dad passed. Um, I keep saying <laughs> he was at the presidential committee for Desert Storm Syndrome. It was April, I think, 14th of 1995, and he was the, the first speaker. And I watch it about once every week or every two weeks. It's only about five or six minutes. And uh, it infuriates me because he basically went in for help. Like there was like four days of these people who uh, had got sick from Desert Storm. And um, there's some connections to Oklahoma City to what went on there with the paperwork. But uh, it infuriates me because they didn't take care of him. Like they have not taken care of so many veterans in, in our history. Right. And then when you watch the news and you see they're giving Ukraine hundreds of millions of dollars every week and uh, not even just veterans. We don't take care of our own people. And it's really infuriating. But my dad was an OG truther. He knew the lies of Desert Storm. He knew there and even with Iraq, he knew there was no weapons of mass destruction. And in a way, he felt guilty uh, when I was going through all these deployments uh, to Iraq because he encouraged me. I was like, look, Dad, I, I was on my last leg. The, the Army saved me. And uh, all those things I went through while they were rough at the time uh, gave me wisdom. If I didn't go through those certain events in my life, if I didn't hit the bottom, if I didn't go to Iraq, if I weren't responsible for other soldiers' lives, right, that that is that is a big when, – when somebody's wife comes up to you as you're getting ready to get on the plane and says, please bring my husband back. Like, that's one of those things you don't get um, working at the bank or or any other job in the world. The responsibility of being a leader in the military is really a burden. You're, you're responsible. It's like being a parent with a bunch of children's, except there's pine fields and IEDs and bullets. Uh, so the happiest, really, besides um, getting married to my wife and uh, all my children and my grandchildren and you know, the things that, that God's blessed me with um, because he put up with me. And uh, he said, I know I'm going to be patient with you and you're, you're going to come through. And uh, but the day I got my retirement papers, man, holy cow, it like uh, literally being chains broken from my legs and my arms. And um, it was emotional. <laughs> it was very emotional. And, and like everything that I suffered through um, and it is. When you're in the middle of Iraq and uh, or you're Afghanistan or Vietnam and some of the things that you go through, you never forget them. And when you're done and you know that your phone's not going to ring again, you're not going to be told, you know, it's just life changing. And that was a very happy day for me. And that I retired October 31st, 2015. The very next day uh, I started deep diving uh, into everything. And, uh, you know, 9-11, that was life changing. Uh, but. Flat Earth certainly um, opened up the doors and gave me sight. You know, it made me, helped me see the, the real truth. Yeah, so 
first off, that that's a lot, man. And uh, you know, I I'm 45 years old, so I think you mentioned like uh, you know, you were 45 years old still out there in in combat, man, and uh, having these injuries. That's no joke, you know. I've I've had injuries in my life, and and you know, to push through them, you know, you're just doing more damage to your body long term. And we don't heal the same way. Like when you're in your 40s, I realize if you hurt yourself, you don't heal like you did when you're in your 20s or 30s. So I don't do all the crazy stuff that I used to do in my 20s and 30s. I've learned to chill out, you know, when I would get on a bike and ride it like crazy or, or, you know, uh, try all these crazy stunts or even skateboarding. My kids tried to tell me to do an ollie. I'm like, dude, I ain't doing that because if I twist my ankle, I'm out of work and like everything's so expensive right now. So, you know, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to genuinely thank you for the sacrifice that you made for, for our country. And, you know, uh, you did it for the right reasons, you know? Um, but also knowing, you know, I, I think of individuals like Pat Tillman and these guys, you know, they were, they were so passionate and they just like, they, they, they were true patriots, right? They, 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 they bought that narrative, you know, and they, and he walked away for millions of dollars to go, to go fight in Afghanistan and then he died in friendly fire, which I don't think it was necessarily friendly fire, right? He knew what was going on and he knew what we were over there for. And he started to talk. And here's a man with a lot of influence, right? He's an NFL star. He was, uh, I think he made his first Pro Bowl and he just signed a big contract and he walked away from it. So when he's going to come back, I mean, he's going to be this huge figure. He's going to be on every magazine. And if he starts running his mouth, you know, that's a no-no. So I could totally see... How, you know, I know his family came out, his brothers, I see videos of his parent, his mom, I believe, and his brother before a congressional hearing. And they were asking some serious questions. And you know what's funny is they got no limelight in the media. They just shoved that under the table. You know what I mean? They, they don't talk to their, that his relatives, like they don't talk to these people because they have questions that they don't want to answer. So, you know, thank you for the sacrifice that you made and, and all you put your body through all your experiences in that time, just being away from your family for, I mean, four deployments. That's a lot, dude. That's a, a lot of time you sacrificed. That was, yeah, that's, I can't imagine, you know, so I just genuinely thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, you know, I heard you mention that you get back, right? So you get back and, uh, you say you immediately start researching, you know, all this, uh, all this deep stuff, what we would call truth seeking, right? So I was going to ask you, uh, what historical event really sparked your truth journey? Was it 9-11 or what was it? Well, okay. So something I've over was um, at the end of OIF-1, which would have been March 2004, we were uh, we went back. We drove convoy back down into Kuwait. We had to clean our equipment, put it on the boat, and then we flew home. But the day before we flew home, a uh, certain flag officer, uh, a general, came down to give us coins. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he needed something. And they said, hey, Sergeant Hobbs, can you get the the general? Uh, I think he needed some new eye protective sunglasses. We call them eye protection in the military. Um, and I said, sure. So I ran inside. I had my little tat box there and opened him up. And he had just been in, uh, I guess, two or three weeks prior to that. We have the newspaper overseas called The Stars and Stripes. That's how we got our news, the sports scores and everything else. It was about a day behind, but that was our newspaper. That's how we kept in touch with the world. But he had gotten it. His picture was in there with President Bush. And I said to him, you know, I just wanted to say something. I was like, hey, sir, that's pretty cool. You got your picture with uh, President Bush. That's something you can hang on the wall. And, uh, you know, you, you can pass it down generation to generation, something along that line. Right. I was going home the next day. 
I was just passing time. And you could kind of see maybe it was a moment of weakness, a moment of honesty. We were the only two in the in the room. And he said something to the effect, this was 20 years ago now, but he said, uh, son, um, man, how did he say it? I always, he said something to the effect like, um, the Bush family, oh, I know what it was. The Bush family made the Nazis look like Sesame Street. That's how he said it. And I was like, what? And I, it, I didn't comprehend anything about it. And then I said, okay. And then he's like, he said something like, have you ever heard of Prescott Bush? I said, no. He said, okay. So I gave him his eye pro. We went out. We had the ceremony. We got our combat patches. We got our coin. And then next I got on the plane, you know, and the next day you're drinking beer and you're spending time with your family. And those things kind of go into the background. But actually, the first thing I did look for, even before 9-11, I started researching and I was like, wait a second, Prescott, but this guy is, what is skull and bones? Why does this guy have a Geronimo skull? Uh, why is, and then you start reading about, and I eventually came to, um, Russ Baker's family of secrets, which was the really first true thing that, that I came across. And there was an interview he did with a guy in San Francisco and it was a six hour interview. And I played it on classic audio years ago. And I'm like, what president Bush did what? And you start learning about all these things and and it's mind blowing and you start to question the narrative. And then I think that's when I came across Naira Al-Sabah, the girl who cried about the Iraqi soldiers who were tossing the babies out of the uh, the incubators in Iraq or I'm sorry, in Kuwait City. And it turned out that was a lie. And things started unraveling pretty quickly for me. And uh, I was working 70 hours a week in my retail store, and I, it was a new store. I didn't have a lot of money to pay employees, so I was working 70 hours a week. So in between customers, if I wasn't doing inventories or cleaning, I would be on the computer just going down the rabbit hole. And for, I mean, the better part of three or four years, when I wasn't working, I was really connecting the dots like nobody's business. So, you know, the Bush family, um, I was very... That was the first punch in the gut, right? Because uh, Desert Storm affected both me and my dad. We were both over there. To, uh, he was in a different unit, but we were both over there, and he got sick from it. Wow. And, uh, you know, he died young at 74, and the last 18 months were pretty miserable for him. And he was he got, he got, was ill in the mid-'90s, and it slowly, you know, he, he didn't have a great uh, life like he should. He never smoked a cigarette in his life. Never, He, he was a healthy guy. Um so and that but then you know the big one for me was 9-11 i and again there's times when you're looking at it you're like wow that's weird but i even i didn't know about building seven and when you really go down the rabbit hole that was a big one for me because two of my dear friends uh captain david van camp and command sergeant major timothy bolliard uh and was killed in afghanistan 2018 it made national news if you google his name you'll probably remember uh, I'll never forget the day I got the phone call. I had to leave work, um, and I went to the bar and I drank. I'm just being honest. I, I lost it. And uh, my other buddy, um, uh, Cap Van Camp, he was killed in Iraq. And so it's kind of twofold. Number one, you, you realize 9/11 was an inside job, and people like Dave and and uh, Tim. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of other people like him and families who lost their loved ones to something that shouldn't have happened. 
right? So that makes you angry. And then you see where we are today. And you think to yourself, would your best friends... Now, I know they are. They're both from West Virginia. They're the home. And they would be like, oh, no, we did it for our country. But you still, at the end of the day, as me, as the guys still walking the earth, man, they sacrifice their lives. And then you look around the world today where we're at. And, and that's just me being honest. That's, that's how I perceive it. That's how I look at it. Well, I understand why it gave you so much fuel to do what you do now. And uh, I could tell you're just like, uh, you love to read, you love to research. So when you started uncovering this stuff, it was like, hold up. And then, of course, one one string leads to another string. To Next thing you know, you're unraveling a whole tapestry. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out, you know, how this all weaves together. And, uh, you know, talking about Prescott Bush, too, I wanted to mention, wasn't the guy involved in Nazi banking, too? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he was found guilty of... Uh... Something was it trading with the enemy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just insane that these are the people that have uh, come into our institutions, right? And they they are there are leaders, and then you, you find out that they're a part of these these cults in these you know Ivy League colleges, you know, and they're all part of the same Bohemian Club. I say that with air quotes, you know, but uh, it's it's crazy. It really is, and. For me, of course, 9-11 was the one that the catalyst for me to start looking into all this stuff. And then along with having like paranormal stuff happening to me and just researching the occult and just, you know, one thing leads to another, leads to another. And then once you once you realize one, it's kind of uh, was it the was it your podcast? It was the stairway of truth, right? They were talking. Yeah. Uh, what, what podcast was that on the other day? That was brilliant. The, the Flat Earth Files after the interview, we, we played that for like the last 13 minutes. Yeah, so folks, go listen to that episode. There's an excerpt at the end of the episode, and they talk about, like, if you're going to talk about stuff like Flat Earth, which is it, is one that's, I mean, I know there's some people like Robert Lick that they started with that. That blew my mind, you know? Me too. But uh, to me, that's like, I was, I laughed at that for a long time, you know? And, but 9-11's a big one, so you get you get into this stuff, and it's not about me, it's about you, man. So I wanted to know. You start researching all this stuff. You're starting to compile all this information. And I'm sure you were probably trying to share with people and they're like, dude, like, come on, man. Or I don't want to hear that. Or, you know, you, you're overwhelming your family and your friends with this stuff. So um, what motivated you to like start podcasting? And, and, and what was the first podcast that you ever did? Because I heard you say, I don't think it was it was it was Fact Hunter or Flat Earth Files. I heard you say you did a music podcast. So tell me about how you started podcasting and then how it went from your your podcast that you were doing to like Fact Hunter and then eventually into Flat Earth. Like, what is this journey? How did it begin? And like, what got you involved in like radio? Because I mean, basically podcasting is just internet radio, right? On demand. So uh, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, interesting. Uh, I always enjoyed, so growing up as a young man, I'm a little older now. So when I went to bed at night, I know you younger folks here. Um, we didn't have podcasts and, and we didn't have on demand type things. So I went to bed at night. Um, I would either be listening, even as 10, 11 years old, I would go to bed listening to talk radio or if it was during baseball season, I'd go to bed listening to a Phillies game. And to this day, there's something magical about radio. Like everybody likes sitting back and watching a, a video. But listening to something and then using your mind to create the story to me has always been special. So I've always 
even when I was in school as a young man, I always pictured myself either being a play-by-play play play for the Phillies or doing something on the radio. But uh, education wasn't a prior for me, like many young men when you're younger, right? So I didn't go to college at the time. Another thing the Army blessed me with, right? I ended up getting two associate's degrees, and then I, I got my bachelor's from Texas A&M. So um, I, I was always a fan of music, and uh, me and my best friend of 40 years, I mentioned him often, his name's Mark. He lives about 45 minutes from here. We have lunch about once a month. We were big into 80s music. I'm wearing my police synchronicity shirt now. Um, you know, and I'm very passionate about it, and uh, mainly because of the connection to better times, right? So when you listen to, whether it's Iron Maiden or the Police or something like that, it takes you back to the 80s, which in your mind was a better time. It was a safer time, right? And um, so I enjoyed that, and I had a podcast. I just I had no idea how to do it. But with the beauty of YouTube, you can go in and watch something and learn how to do things. And I started a podcast called Retro Rock Reviews. And, you know, it would be breaking down an album, a song, a group, uh, things like that. And then I would, uh, I guess I played too much actual music on it. Like, I'd do a lot of talking, but I'd play some music from it. And I think it was late 2019 was the great podcast purge of copyrighted music material. I got an email from Apple, and it said, uh, you have like seven days to pull all your podcasts. <laughs> um, so I ended up taking it off. Uh, for me, talking about music is cool, but uh, you, you have to be able to play the music and enjoy it. So I just said, hey, you know, that's the end of the run. I kept some of it and had a website for a while because, they, you know, you can have a website and put audio up there. Nobody's going to censor it. But, you know, then I realized how much I enjoyed it and how much therapy there is, right? You, uh, this, to me, what we're doing right now between you and I, Raul, is very therapeutic, and I always feel better um, when I when I have a podcast, whether it's with a, a listener, somebody I've never spoken to before, or someone like you we've talked several times. It's, it's, it's therapeutic for me. And um, so I started The Fact Hunter. I was going to call it The Truth Hunter, but when I went to buy the URL, it was $1,400. Uh, dollars <laughs> So I, I I went to um you know the Google what words you know and uh, fact was up there I said well how much is the fact hunter and it was four dollars and ninety nine cents so I said the fact hunter it is and uh, well actually that's not even true uh, we started as conspiracy theories investigated um for the first 50 yeah I like fact hunters fact hunters way more quick and exactly <laughs> I had a guest on I don't remember who it was and he's like bro you're you're really good and you're good. He said, but number one, don't use conspiracy theories in the title of your podcast and make it small and short to the point. And I listened to him and he'd been around a lot longer than me. And um, I was afraid changing the name and everything, but it was the best decision I ever made. And I changed it to the fact hunter. And here we are, you know, four years later. Wow. So so this retro rock reviews, that's really where you got your start. You say Apple Music hits you up and they tell you, hey, you got to take this content down because yeah. you're infringing copyrights and all this stuff. Yeah, so tens of thousands of podcasts. So we can't just go look up like an old episode of retro rock reviews. Those are in the dumpster somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I have them on the hard drive, but I think they've been uh, just like the great YouTube purge. I, I think they've been taken off. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That's too bad. I would like to go back and listen to one of those. And I know me and you, and I was on Back Hunter with you, 
uh, we talked about all kinds of different stuff. That was a fun episode. And, and I'm right along with you. You know, uh, this has been what I needed because when I was younger, I used to do underground hip hop music and I used to get in battle raps and I used to, you know, uh, work, uh, do local venues and we used to travel around the Southwest and we performed in other cities and I'd roll around with my boys. And along with that came a lot of, uh, fast living, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. But, you know, so it was a fun time, but, you know, everything's, everything's got to come to an end, but, you know, it's not cool to be 40 years old and still trying to be a battle rapper, you know, but I have all this stuff that I like to talk about. And I'm like, you, I, I love researching this stuff. So I'm over here dumping yeah. it on my girl and I'm dumping it on my kids and I'm, I'm telling like all my, when I, some of this stuff, when I was younger, I just couldn't hold it in. I'm an extrovert. So I would be, I'd be blabbing to it about, it. and people start thinking like, dude, Raul, crazy Raul, you know what I mean? Like, here he goes again. He's, he's off on one. Don't get him started. Like my friends would say, like when we go out and somebody would mention something and they'd be like, Hey, 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 Raul's here. Don't start talking about that. He's going to go off, you know? <laughs> so, uh, what podcasting has done for me is really give me a positive outlet to release all this. And, and really when you click on the microphones, whether it's a stealth narrated episode that I'm doing or I'm talking to somebody else, it is so therapeutic. And, you know, like I still drink from time to time and I've had problems with alcohol in the past and, you know, I have a tendency to overdo it. But, you know, since I've had this, a lot of that stuff is like falling by the wayside. And I've rededicated my life to, to God. And that's just a personal thing going on with me. And, and I'm grateful for that. But this really is like, I feel like I'm on cloud nine after I record an episode, especially when it's a really good one. Like this one is right now. And, and it's this natural high that I get. And I don't have to go pay a therapist. I don't have to go pay a shrink. Because all this stuff that I used to try to dump on my girl and my kids, now I can do it on this. And I got people that, that want to listen to it. A hundred percent. And being in the military and everything, uh, you know, I spent my time on, on the couch. And uh, there's some, it's funny, the military, uh, some of the worst. And, and listen, if there's people listening out there, I, I don't like to categorize, uh, categorize everybody as, you know, every therapist in the military is terrible. That's not true. Um there's been some good chaplains in the military and there's been some bad ones. There's been some great therapists in the military and there's not, or the VA as I transitioned out of the military. Um, but once I started doing podcasting, um, it, it, like, again, like it's the most therapeutic, it's released and I'm in my own comfort zone, right? I'm in the safety of my walls and, uh, the audience. And it's just, there's something serene about podcasting. And even when I was doing radio for, I guess, about a year and a half, a year and three quarters, th that was another level because you, you're live. There's no pause button. And it's very exhilarating. It's like walking on a high wire uh, because anything can go wrong at any second. Uh, so I really enjoyed that as well, doing live radio. There's something special about that, too. Yeah, amazing. So I know that you, you know. I don't know where you find the time for this stuff. You know, like me, I work a, a full-time job now. You know, I got four kids. One of them's out of the house, but I still got three at home. I got four dogs. I got two cats. I got a woman. You know, um, I'm thinking about coaching baseball again this year, but I'm like, oh, now with the podcast and all this stuff, it's like, where do you find time for all this stuff? Uh, but I make time for it, obviously. But that's one thing I wanted to ask you, man. Tell us about, like, the positives and negatives of, of running two shows simultaneously. And, you know, what's, what's, what's the positives and negatives of that? 
the, the, the positives is, um, so as you know, uh, at least going back three or four years ago, the, the flat earth subject was a bit divisive in the truth community. So once I woke up to the flat earth, like everything else, when you connect a dot as a truther, you're excited to share the word with everybody. And I remember doing the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we got incredible guests. You're not going to believe this, that we've been lied to about the ball, that the earth is flat. And here's David Weiss and it all makes sense. And he talks for an hour and I'm like, dude, you know, because I was starting to pick up steam. I'm like, people are going to love this, this dot we connected, bro. <laughs> and I wake up the next morning and I was like, these emails, dude, really discrediting your podcast by even thinking about and all this negativity. I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. And then you learn to find out that um, that's one of those things in the truth community that people don't like to talk about. And then I get on Revolution Radio and uh, I'm at the interview with the uh, the management. And I was like, is there anything off limit? They're like, no, everything except just don't, don't bring up flat earth. Our listeners don't like to hear. I'm like, wow, really? And they didn't know I was... Uh, that I was into flat earth. Not, I, I only did flat earth maybe two episodes the entire time, but that was something I would have loved to bring up. So, you know, it was important to me. So I decided to, uh, November 30th of last year, do a separate podcast. I didn't expect it to be much. It was just another outlet for me where I could come on and talk about it. And I figured people who wanted to listen to flat earth would come to it and Everything else would be kept on the fact hunter, and I understood the extra work it would take. <laughs> and if, uh, I did kind of, uh, <laughs> I, I went under there. Uh, I didn't realize how much extra it was going to be. But these things are all blessings in disguise. Um, it, it's been a labor of love. There's a lot of difficulties having to schedule people. Uh, you know how the podcast kind of turned where people just wanted to start coming on and telling their stories. So there's a lot of logistics that goes into this podcast. Now we still do a lot of interviews on the fact hunter, but yeah, it's, it's basically double the work. We have two websites, two podcasts, uh, scheduling, uh, interviews for two different shows. And it, it's been just myself. Um, now my, my son-in-law and daughter have helped. Uh, with a few technical things, but as far as everything else, it, it's been me. And that's why, um, uh, you know, as we've met all these wonderful people through the Flat Earth Files, um, we came across <clears throat> Alex and his wife with kpdesign.com. Um, and, uh, I'm hoping we can have them help us a little bit to carry the load. And, and we've all helped each other. Uh, we, we have a tight little community and we chat with each other and, um, because this is a labor of love and I'm not going to uh, slow down or especially in the world we're living in now, I think it's more important that not only do we maintain what we're doing, but we, we ramp things up next year for the fact Hunter, I will be doing a live show from Oklahoma city on April 19th. And I fully intend on doing um, right now. I'm looking at a five city type of speaking engagement with people, but it, it's got to be combined. It'll be, we'll talk flat earth. We'll talk nine 11. We're going to talk everything. So it'll just going to be a truth or title blink up. We'll definitely do one in your neck of the woods. We're going to do one in Dallas. Um, we're going to do one in the Philadelphia area. And I'm still looking at the other two cities, maybe NorCal. It's crazy. People make fun of California, but that is our number one state in the country where our listenership is from, from California. Um, and then somewhere else. So we need to get, 
from my point of view, I think we need to get boots on the ground. We're going to start the campaign with the business cards and the flyers people can print off. Uh, because I do think we're, we're approaching a time in history where things are going to come to a head very, very soon. Uh, yeah. either be financially having that fall out or, you know, <laughs> what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and the NATO buildup that that's going on over there. So, uh, I think it's important that we awaken everybody and, um, maybe if we open it up enough eyes, they'll back down from, what's coming well, who knows you know all we can do is try yeah i'm with you and i'm here i'm here for the ride you know and i'm 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 going to be right along with you and you come anywhere near my neck of the woods i'll make a i'll you know just give me a heads up and i'll request some time off of work you know i got some vacation time and I, it's definitely something that i want to be a part of and what's amazing is i and i speak on behalf on all of us you know uh all the guys that you help get their podcasts going and and you shared the limelight with us. We're super grateful for you and we just respect you. And we couldn't have a better leader in this community than you. And uh, we really look up to you and we salute the work that you're doing and we'll stand with you because I think it's important that we do get involved. And, you know, if it really comes down to it, I mean, push comes to shove. Like, you know, I don't want to, you know, talk exposed too much on here, but you know what? Like uh, you can only poke a dog with a stick for too long before the dog will strike back at you. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I definitely got some dog in me. So they're, they're picking on, they're, they're picking the fight with the wrong crowd, you know, and we're waking people up and it's something that I truly believe in. And that's what I see. Man. I'm, I'm just speaking this into existence here, but like guys like yourself influencing guys like me and Robert and Alex and Claude and Derek and, and, uh, you know, I'm bringing Todd Johnston. He's been on a previous episode of yours and Josh calls the brazen sea. These are all guys I'm communicating with on a regular basis. And we're all passionate about this stuff and they don't realize like how strong we are and we're stronger together. And I think that's what you realize. And I'm glad to join this, this movement and kind of, I'm not saying I'm taking the weight off of you, but I think, you know, even you through me getting hooked back up with Alex and him, you know, and his wife helping you out and kind of helping you release some of the tension and the pressure. So you can just focus on on the research and the, and the interviews. If we can help you out, we'll do all we can to help you out because you've done more than enough to help us out. And Firmamental wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for George Hobbs. So much props and I'll be there with you, man. And I see us in the future. I see us in the very near future. I see more people waking up. I'm not scared to talk about this stuff. I'm not scared to tell people that I'm a flat earther, you know, and, and I, I'm in contact with a lot of people where I work and, you know, I'm just blown away by the people that I've been sharing this with and they're coming back and they're telling me like, dude, I looked into that or, you know, I, I just like, <laughs> I'm so bold. I'll just tell people when they come, come in my work, like, Hey man, or excuse me, miss, you listen to podcasts, you know? And I'm like, if they say no, I'm like, well, you should, because I have one and I think you might like it. Well, what's it about? And I'll be like, well, it's some pretty fringe subject matter, but it's pretty important. And, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, that's interesting. And then I've had people leave and they come back like a week or two weeks later and they see me and they're like, whoa, dude, they're like, I love your show. And I'm like, no kidding. Subscribe. Yeah. And, and, or they come back, they ask me questions and, you know, like, like you said, little nuggets. I don't, I don't give them too much, but if they, if, if they want me to keep rolling, I'll keep rolling with it. But that's what I see in the future. I see this movement growing. I see us coming together like Voltron. I see us like, you know, they have conferences about bigfoots and aliens right like why can't we have these truther conferences 
And, you know, I know they have one. And what's funny is if you Google the Flat Earth Convention in Las Vegas, you can't even find it. You have to go to like Yandex or Brave, you know. And then I always tell people, like, if you're looking up this stuff, and I I make sure to tell people that I'm talking to this that that are kind of virgin to these subjects, especially Flat Earth, you know. But that we know how tech censorship and if, if big tech censoring it, then it then I want to look into it even more. That's right. But uh, I tell people all the time, don't go to Google for this because they're going to send you to these these shills like, you know, that talk about this floating space pancake and all this ridiculous that we don't actually believe in. And that I have people ask me, like, well, what do you believe in? And I'm like, well, first off, uh, NASA is a deception. NASA in Hebrew means beguile or deceive. You know, the sun's not 93 million miles away. I believe that where the, the Earth is the center of the universe that the sun and the moon are a sky clock. They're relevant in size to one another. We never went to the moon. And I I take God for his word. And they're like, whoa, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I said, the sun tells you what time of day it is. The moon tells you what time of month it is. And the stars tell you what time of year it is. And they're like, wow, that's fascinating. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I just letting my senses speak for themselves and just do a little bit of research. And you find out all these people are in the cult of the Lima and Jack Parsons and 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 Walt Disney's friends with Werner von Braun, who's a Nazi, and these are all the people that's coming up with this stuff, and they're just reverse engineering uh, math equations, you know? And they're, they're like, "What? Are you serious?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go look at it," you know? And they're like, "Oh, I have to go check this out," you know? But I, it, it, people, I'm finding out that people are really interested in this stuff. I got some people that are like, "Bro, you're crazy." If they're like that, or they see really turned off, I just, I just pump the brakes and I stop. But if yep. they want me to keep going, man. I'll keep going. And I see us, dude. I see us, man, having conferences and, and this thing really growing and taking off. So I'm just super pumped up to be a part of this. And thank you, because we wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for you. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And by the way, I should mention, I kind of goofed on uh, Alex's website. It's actually kpdesign.ca. And we'll make sure we get that. Uh, I'm sure Raul will get that in the in the show description for him. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I'm going to skip one of these questions that I had wrote down because you kind of like touched on it, um, okay. you know, like a balance between family life and truth work. But, uh, you know, I know you're super into homesteading and, you know, recently, you know, that's one thing I don't want to call myself a doomsday prepper or anything, but I've definitely been like, I've heard you talk about it. Like maybe it's wise, you know, especially with what's going on with the yellow trucking company and all this stuff, you know, maybe it's wise, you know, all these, uh, trucking companies filing for chapter 11, you know, and. And what's funny, Trump gave him all this money for a bailout. And I'm not a Trump guy. It's definitely not a Biden guy, by the way. That $100 million. That geriatric riddled Alzheimer dude. He was here in Albuquerque <laughs> yesterday. Did you know that? <laughs> I heard. Yeah, that. man. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. So I had to mention that, though. But, yeah, what a joke. Dude, they took uh, $19 million or something from the Navajo Nation. And they're and, and they're over here. They're over here uh, purchasing land in it, or they're doing something with the land. I haven't done enough research on it, but but my mother sent me this, so I know it's probably legit information. And she's all, "Honey, have you been? Did you see what Biden is trying to do in in Colorado and New Mexico? They're like trying to because there there's oil out here, and they want to like block like the 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 oil industries. And you know, the Navajo Nation gets a huge blessing from you know, financial blessing from some yep, of this absolutely. stuff. And, and what, and what they just did and, and, and our representative Deb Holland was with them and, and she's got, uh, you know, she's old, my indigenous people, I care about you so much, but they're taking all this money from those, those poor people, which are already way below the poverty line. I know uh, if you travel through the reservations, it's just like, 
it looks like a third world country, you know. It, you wouldn't even think it's America. I've, I've traveled through some of these, uh, especially when I used to work for an armored truck company. And we used to travel to some of these banks on some of these reservations. And you'd be like, you see the standards some of these poor people are living in. And they're going to take the little bit of revenue that these folks have. It's, oh, it's tragic, dude. What do you think about that, man? <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's the... Uh... One of the tragedies of our country. Yeah, they live be below, well below the, the poverty line. And it's frustrating to see things like that, not only in your area, uh, but in the Dakotas, the same type of people deal with the same type of things. Um, they'll give them some breaks here and there and act like that they've, you know, just uh, changed the world for them. And, uh, you know, the people at the top of the food chain, uh, they don't care anything about you. I remember when the, the government cut those checks for $1,200 and people thought they were on cloud nine and that was just going to fix everything and people were working for, from home. And it's, it was so weird to see people embrace their, embrace their, um, imprisonment, right? <laughs> I saw the coolest little, um, meme, uh, the other day, about a week ago. It was Trump on the top saying, uh, lock her up. And Hillary had the crazy face with the, the jail cell in front of her. Uh, and it said like, uh, 2016, you know, lock her up. And then it said, um, March 2020, lock them up. And it showed everybody in their homes, uh, being locked up. So it went from lock her up to us being locked up. Um, yeah, the tragedy of man, not just the Navajo nation, but. I think at the end of the day, what we see is, and I think we talked about this last night. I get confused when I have these conversations with people, but it's the um, obliteration of the middle class. They they want them at the top, and then they mm -hmm. want they they will completely surf them. Uh, they want fifteen minute cities that you know, and, and again, we have to be careful of uh, just sitting around and doing nothing. Because we're we're well on the path to that. So I wanted to, you know, you talk about memes. I, I uh, like I said, I haven't done social media for six or seven years, but now starting to podcast, I know I have to do some of this to to build traffic to the show. And I posted one the other day, and I thought it was hilarious. But it was like it was like uh, they tell you to turn off your air conditioner because we're overwhelming the power grid, but they want us all driving electric cars. It's like everything about them is hypocritical. And it's like people think like, oh, you know, people, oh, Joe, believe in global warming, bro. Be like, dude, have you seen the damage that lithium mines do? Do you know that wind farms kill like whole species of birds? You think like when we take out whole species of birds, it's not going to affect the ecosystem? Like, yeah. uh, you know, and this stuff about, you know, it's actually they, they want us believing that it's fossil fuels. And, and what I've come to realize now is even with the oil industry is – they control the prices in the market, right? So if they tell us there's a crisis and there's no more oil or we have an oil shortage, what can they do? They can shoot the prices way up on us. That's right. You know, when actually this is a dead plant matter that is forever, like it's it's a, it's a tappable resource that we could always be tapping into. You know, I mean, I don't know. We could go back to like the ether and I, I want to get more into studying like Tartaria and some of these where they say they had energy grids i haven't went down that rabbit hole yet and i wanted to talk to you about some of these future rabbit holes that we might start uncovering and stuff but uh it's funny it's just like they're hypocrites about everything and and everything is a global agenda it's like you know they want you driving an electric car 
so they can shut off your car. They want you, you know, oh, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. or You didn't comply with this or you didn't comply with that. They want you, you know, and I've heard stuff that they're, you know, I hope it's not true, but, you know, maybe they made this movie to scare people so people are more likely to go microchip their children. You know, I'm not doing that, you know. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that will fall for some of this stuff. And it's like, I don't understand how they could see that these people are the biggest hypocrites that ever existed in the world. And, and to guys like us and, 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 and women like, you know, that are in this movement too, you know, for people like us, we look at this stuff and we're like, how can you not see this? And we get almost so frustrated. It's like, you want to shake somebody and be like, wake up, man. Don't you see? And we're over your point. And like it, and I, I saw something that was so funny and it was like, it was just showed a bunch of dots on the paper and it was like information. And then, and then on the other side, it said knowledge and it showed all the dots connecting with lines. So there's a difference. A lot of people have information, but they haven't connected those dots. And so I think it's important that we connect these dots for people. And that's what's so important about what we're doing. And I know that you're a uh, big time into homesteading and becoming self-sufficient. And I think that's a major thing that we need to be doing is we need to learn how to become uh more self-sufficient and pull away from this corrupt system that they're constructing around us and you're right it's an obliteration of the middle class sorry i'm fired up now but it's an obliteration of the middle class they they want they want servants and, and yes people that will just say yes and nod their heads and that's why they gave people free money and that's why they had people on on these social benefit programs because they want you to think that you need them and those people are fine. You know, they get they get free housing. They get EBT cards. They're getting free cell phones. Over here in, in, in Albuquerque, they ride the buses for free. So we got homeless people. They're smoking meth in the street. They're destroying and looting buildings. They're shoplifting up to $1,000 worth of stuff. They're, they're The security guards from that area run them off because the police aren't doing their job. Then they hop on the city bus and they just go to the next area of town and do the same thing over there. They're destroying our cities. In my neighborhood alone here in Albuquerque, I'm sorry, I'm fired up. But I'm going to go off on this. Dude, we've had Walmart leave. We've had a Walgreens leave. I've had a Circle K leave. I had a 7-Eleven leave. I've had a Family Dollar leave. Like, And these are just abandoned buildings now. They're eyesores. You know, they're building camps everywhere. My young kids can't even leave. I, my older kids, I used to be like, leave. Go. Go play. Go to the play basketball. Go ride your bike. Go do something, right? And now I can't even let my young kids leave the yard because I don't know who's at the park. They're throwing needles. They're smoking meth. I don't know if they're pedophiles. I don't know what they are. They got camps. They got people defecating and, and urinating in these parks. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, people don't see this. Like, I know uh, we need to fix this problem because it's getting out of control. And, like, people, you don't see it. And, and you know what? The rich people are fine with this because, oh, they can get rid of our police department because they can afford gated communities with private armed security. But people yep. that live in these every average everyday neighborhoods, they're like, we need our, we still need our police. But you want to take uh, away our police funding, and and you want to take away our guns, you know? And then you're going to come up with this bull crap like they're doing in California, where they want to lessen penalties for like child trafficking and stuff. So it's funny. madness, people. It's madness. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this stuff, man? I know I kind of went off there and I wanted you to talk about homesteading and pulling away from the system and becoming self-sufficient and get into that. But just touch on some of the stuff that's happening in our cities. It's maddening and it's a bizarre world. And the, the most frustrating thing is all it's all part of the, the grand design. And 
people need to do their best to prepare. Um, listen, um, when 2020 happened, there, there wasn't a food shortage. There, there was a, a, a grocery store shortage. Um, if things went down today, my wife and I, well, we we are uh, we've done enough canning and preparing that we we could live a couple years with no issues. We and listen, you have to have a backup plan for your backup plan as well. Um, for whatever particular situation it is, uh, for comms over right here to my right, I got a CB radio. I've got uh, local radios, and then I have ham radios. And not only did they sit there, but uh, Monday night we do our tests. Um, you practice what you preach. Um, in the room directly across from him from the studio, um, our fourth bedroom, which is a we turned into uh, where we have nothing but shelves and it's food. We date everything when we can it. Uh, all the preserved food, like your Denny Moores and your the hams you get from the dollar stores. Uh, those are things we buy strictly for prepping. We don't eat spam on a regular basis, but they've got long shelf lives. They last to 2025, 20, 2026. 20, so you make sure you put those things in order by date. You get the, the oldest stuff up front and the oldest expiration date in the back. You rotate the shelves when you use things. It's a lifestyle. And... Um, no matter if you live in an apartment or you live in a suburb, maybe you live in a nice neighborhood that has an HOA, which is a problem for a lot of people. I got an email uh, two or three weeks ago from a lady, and she had been listening uh, to, I think it was the fact hunter and the homesteading, and uh, they had an HOA meeting, and she brought it up to the board. She's like, listen, um, the HOA at that point was 12 years old, and I think most states the law is for 10 after 10 years you can vote on it to, to go away. And the HOA got together, and they made uh, wholesale changes to where they could have six chickens to all these other things so they could be self-sufficient. So while um, no matter what you do in life, you're going to have roadblocks. If you just let the roadblock stop you and you say, well, uh, that's it, you know, I, we, we can't do that then you're setting yourself up for, for failure. There's always ways around. You have to do research. And uh, again, while we still have free internet and we don't have to use our carbon credits or our social credits mm -hmm. to, to access the internet, learn things. Uh, learn how to change your oil, um, things that are important. Make sure you have extra, make sure you have extra oil filters for your cars. Um, we do that as well. And uh, we keep plenty of feed stored for the chickens. We grow our own food. We still get pizza and, and do things like that, of course. You know, we live. But at the same time, uh, we see, and we saw several years ago uh, when COVID kicked off, about 2019, we started to see the future. And we said, this is our goal, and we're going to do it by this date. We said the summer of 2021. We didn't want to buy property during COVID because we had no idea what property was going to do. So we waited to 2021. We got our property. And uh, listen, it's... You know, when people go to YouTube or, or watch a um, TLC or whatever channel that has homesteaders, they see the, the cool things about homesteading, right? But what you don't see is waking up seven days a week at the crack of dawn. Um, mm -hmm. You don't see, um, you know, yet one of your baby chicks dying. You know, I'm a human being, uh, but I still get worked up when a little baby chick dies. And that sucks. Nobody wants to see a little baby chick die. Uh, we lost an egg layer. We've we've never lost an egg layer. A couple of weeks ago, we lost one, and they're like family to you. When I walk outside, when I go out in the middle of the day to go down, we have another separate building on the property. Um, the chickens look at me and they come running like little kids, and yeah. uh, 
it, they, they become a part of your life. But again, you see the sexy things on YouTube or on TLC, but the, the hard work in the garden, uh, cutting almost two acres with a push mower uh, and things like that. It, it is work and you got to be dedicated. But at the end of the day, um, I can sustain my family and my we have enough food for our friends and our family if things get really bad uh, to where we can provide for others. And that's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along with you. You know, we've been uh, with uh, my little immediate family and me and my my girl. We try to uh, be cognizant of some of these things. And uh, another thing that we don't uh, that we haven't mentioned is it's important to just have extra medical stuff because, you know, look at how fragile our medical system is. I mean, if, it, if crap hits the fans and these cities turn into what I think they might turn in, uh, it's I think it's good to see the signs before they happen. And, you know, luckily. You know, my, uh, my girl's family has land in Northern New Mexico and it's privately owned land and they got a, a couple hundred acres and I have a best friend. And, and what I, what I've done uh, in recent times is get, uh, those big snap tight, um, containers and fill them up with as much storable goods and canned food and take them up there every time I go to visit, you know, and store some up there. Of course, like ammunition and, and various things and, you know, I, I used to be like, uh, you know, because once you start gun collecting, it's easy to want to like, just keep buying guns. But like you can only take so many with you. So, you know, like and, and a gun's just a blunt object if you got nothing to put in it. So it's not really how many guns you have. It's like, what do you have to put in them? <laughs> you know, and uh, I look at like medical supplies, like you said, learn how to become self-sufficient. And it's important that we have like we learn this trade and barter system like, hey, you're an electrician, you're a value, you're a carpenter, you're a value, you're a mechanic. You know, I used to be an EMT, you know, uh, uh, an advanced EMT. And, you know, I know how to drop IVs on people and I know how to mend wounds. And my girls knows how to do stitches because you can't just you're not going to be able to just go to the hospital. You know what I mean? And who knows? They'll probably put you in an indoctrination camp and, and try to stick a, a vaccine in you. Who knows? Especially imagine if you have a real tragic accident, you don't. You don't have anybody. That was a tragic thing during COVID is you couldn't even have relatives be at the hospital with you to advocate for you. So who knows what they were doing? And I know people who were working inside the medical system that said intubation and resdemivir was a was a death cocktail. And here these hospitals are over here profiting off deaths. And then they're they're even listing people that aren't dying of COVID as COVID deaths because they're getting financial kickbacks for it. But you can't go visit your grandpa. You can't go visit your grandma, or your uncle, your auntie, your mom, your dad, your kid, whoever it was. Like, no, I mean, and that's one thing that, and I'm, I don't want to hype up any politicians because I'm like you. I'm not. I put my faith in them, like you said, in the, the man in the mirror and Jesus Christ alone. There ain't no man gonna come save us. That's what they want us to think that we got some savior coming down the line that's gonna drain the swamp. And it's just, it's just this Hollywood production to keep this ongoing drama going on and keep us all divided. Like, stop believing in that crap to really fix things. We need to tear this whole system down and rebuild it. But, you know, think about these things. Like, there's more than just, like, food, obviously water, you know, uh, storable water containers. And, you know, somebody was even telling me, like, if they're clear clear containers, you know, uh, wrap them in something so they don't grow mold. You know, you got pets. You got you got dogs. Like, you got to start storing dog food. You got to start doing, and, and like you said, big time canning food and, and all this stuff, this is stuff that people need to start thinking about. And don't overwhelm yourself and, and say, oh, I got to go buy this all at one time. Just a little bit at a time. And it goes a long, it goes a long way. And if you just do it a little bit of each paycheck, because I think, think of all the, 
the tomfoolery nonsense stuff that I was spending money on, especially when my drinking habit was bigger. You know, I could go to the supermarket and go buy my favorite bottle of scotch or whiskey and then go buy a 30 pack and be like, I'm set for the weekend. But I just dropped what? 60, 70 bucks. I could have took that and bought a bunch of food and, and, and toiletry and, and hygiene supplies and just store them away. You know, uh, we need to think about these are the things that we need to start thinking about. And it, it's, it's not that we're scared or living in fear, but at the same time, it's better to have. Uh, and not need than need and not have hundred percent. So, uh, I did want to ask you too, you know, um, we kind of like touched on the flat earth files and stuff. And I know that you created your own podcast for the flat earth stuff. Um, what has this whole experience with the flat earth been? And, 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 uh, you know, I don't want to like, uh, and not just the flat earth and, and the fact hunter, but I know you just had David Weiss, right? You just had David Weiss on your show. And I know he, wasn't he the guy that, that turned you on the flat earth? He's the guy who woke me up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super cool, man. I can't wait to hear that episode. Uh, but you know, tell me like the, uh, I know I was blown away when you told me we were speaking off air right now. I think it was before we went on the fact hunter and I was asking you your numbers and I'm not going to say them cause that's your business. Um, that was something personally you told me, but, uh, you know, I was asking you about the numbers between Fact Hunter and Flat Earth Files, and I thought for sure you're going to be like, oh, man, Fact Hunter blows Flat Earth Files out the water. And I, and you told me the Flat Earth was getting more downloads and plays than Fact Hunter. That blew my mind, man. So kind of tell me, like, how surprised are you of the popularity of the Flat Earth Files? And also just uh, talk to me about uh, some of your guests and some of these uh, emails and stories that you're getting and how it's impacting people. And how this has just reinvigorated your truth seeking. So it's interesting. You know, all the years I did the Fact Hunter, uh, I got to a certain point and it peaks off, right? You find your niche, you get new new followers all the time. And then like many people will go follow other podcasts. People come, people go. Uh, but the numbers for the Fact Hunter always was the same. And, uh, you know, as a whole, I don't want to say as a whole, but a, a, a good portion of the truth community um like we say, we focus on the truth and we don't go out as much anymore. And uh, maybe we don't have as many friends. Like I, I have a guy who I served with uh, for three of my four Iraq tours. And uh, we went through a very, very terrible night together. And um, the last time I saw him at, a, at another guy's retirement party, I drove to Texas for his retirement from the Army. Uh, I got into, you know, I, he knew what I was doing, but he didn't. You know, I sat down and talked to him about everything, and he got offended when I brought up 9-11. And he, he kind of said, how could you, uh, you know, desecrate, you know, the guys who passed? I'm like, dude, you don't understand. We're, we're, what, what I'm doing is we're fighting for our country. If these maniacs, if we could get them out of the way, these things wouldn't happen. Uh, so I actually lost a, a very personal friend uh, over the truth. Um, so anyway, getting back, see how I, you got to rein me in, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're good. And I, I was kind of asking you, no, you're good, brother. Uh, you know, we're, I love it, man. It's genuine. It's honest. And we're being us and, and people respect, you know, that's one thing that I've learned in, in just this short time of the, and I haven't been podcasting nearly as long as you, it's my rookie year, you know, <laughs> but, uh, the one thing that I know is that we make mistakes. We're human beings, but when we mess up or. I'm super critical of myself. So I'm like, oh, I said, 
I said, uh, or, um, too many times, or I keep saying the word like, and I'm super critical of myself, but you know what? I haven't, I don't go back and try to fix it or mute myself out or, or go back and have cut-ins. I just leave it the way it is. And, and I think people really respect that, that, that genuineness. So what I was asking you though, is just, you know, I know the flat earth stuff, uh, it had to really surprise you how much it took off. Yeah. It's just the popularity of the flat earth show and, and. Because I, I know you told me, and I hear you, because I'm every time you drop an episode, bro, it's one of the first ones I go to, and I pretty much play it right away as soon as I see they're new. Um, and and you told the most tremendous stories, and I've even heard stories on your podcast, man. Because I could be, I'm a, I'm a dog, but I could be a softer too. And now that I've gotten older, I've learned to embrace my my softer side sometimes. And oh, yeah. and I, your your shows brought. There's been times that your show has brought me to tears. And there's been some testimony. So just tell us about, you know, the, this flat earth, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a fairly new podcast. You said you started it last November, but just to see how it's taken off and, and to see where it's going and, and the response and reactions you're getting. And just how is this like reinvigorated your, your truth seeking? Yeah. So I, again, it was just something I was going to do on the side because I did feel it was important and I wanted to, to vent about it and I knew people would look for it. Um, that, that's kind of why I, I found it important to put the flat earth files within, uh, the title name. But of course I didn't expect the numbers I was going to get. And it was just, um, the first 10 episodes were kind of scripted. That was the direction that I wanted them to go start with number one. Why the lie? Because that is the big question. Why would they go through all the, uh, effort to hide heliocentrism? And then after the first 10 episodes, I started getting emails saying, hey, I'd like to or glorify heliocentrism, uh, but high geocentrism, correct? And high geocentrism, right, because yeah. as I started this journey and I started hearing people's voices, I was like, wow, like I, I'd kind of experienced that before and I knew it. But until I heard all these people, one after another after another, saying how it renewed their relationship with God and how they realized Everything that they were taught in school was all part of a clever plan to hide God. And then I really, by episode, and I'm just guessing here, 15 or 20, I figured out the direction that I wanted to go with it. Because even when I started it, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this podcast for a long time, am I going to break down Antarctica for the next five years? You know, because this is a niche subject. Uh, with the Fact Hunter, I can talk about... Oklahoma City this week. I could talk about 9-11 this week. There's a million things to talk about. But with a niche podcast like this, there's only so many things you can cover. And when I started hearing people's testimony, I said, that is what people want to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. And like you, I'd hear some people talking and I'm getting emotional uh, hearing people's stories. And I'm thinking, uh, this is a very, very important subject that we need to stay on. And then I started to put more effort into it. And to the point where it's, you know, 50-50, and to be quite honest with you, sometimes it's maybe 55-45 more towards the Flat Earth files because it's become so interview-driven. If I just want to do a week episode where I'm just uh, talking about a certain a subject, like this week we were talking about alpha-gal syndrome, I can do these things and record them at my own pace. But when you're conducting interviews, again, there's more logistics and more time uh, time-consuming. And then I, you know, after I hit a million downloads, I didn't really look at the numbers much anymore. 
And then one day I looked and I was like, what in the world? And then I thought to myself, wow. And this is what I thought. I was like, the fact hunter's really taken off. And then you click on the studio and it breaks it down by podcast. I'm like, and, and I sat there and looked at it for, I'm like, what? This can't be right. <laughs> you know, it, we, we eclipsed within a 30 day span. It was like 105,000 downloads. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I really realized, and that it took me all the way back to 2020 and people like David Weiss and people like, uh, uh, God bless his soul. He passed last year. Um, I feel terrible. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but, but all the, uh, you're talking about somebody in the flat earth community. Yeah. Yeah. He had his YouTube channel for years and his wife just came out and spoke recently. He, he passed. Um, Alex, you can chime in here if you know who we're talking about, because I'm throwing a break right yeah. now too. But I just need George to throw me a bone and I'll, and I'll whip it up for you here. Yeah. It, uh, he's a, he, he preached so much. He did a great episode on Nimrod. Uh, he, he's one of the biggest names. He just passed from, they said from COVID, his wife came out. Um, and I know everybody listened to the podcast to scream at his name because he's one of the big, <laughs> biggest names in the flat earth community. But, and, you know, everybody, um, who, who's, who's who. Whether it's ODD, all these people who have been plugging away, um, you know, you, I started to realize when I saw that number, I said, wow, that people are starting to wake up because uh, it, it was such a huge number. So I do think there are people that are more curious. So here's the thing. I think there's a lot of people out there like me who thought water doesn't stick to a ball. Right. Was it Mike Hughes? Was it Mike Hughes? No, that was the guy who shot up. This guy was who had a YouTube channel, and one of his videos has millions and millions. He, he and he preached, and he went around the country and talked all the time. I'll find his name, but um, uh, in, well, I really realized. Yeah, and I, I apologize. I feel terrible, but uh, that's what happens when you get old. Um, <laughs> but but I, I realized that you know there's a lot of closet people out there who maybe think, well, there may be something to this and that are listening. And I got so many emails, like in real time, like, hey, man, I just started listening to your podcast and I can't believe this, but it makes sense. And, and you know, at one point, we're, you know, sometimes we get dozens every day and it's people, you, as you read these emails, you're, you're living, like I remember back when I woke up, how the whole process went through and I'm watching people through emails through their testimony when they come on the podcast, their transformation. So that was the magic of the podcast. I was like, this is the direction I want to go. I want to bring people on and have them tell their stories because people resonate with that. And they say, yeah, I was that guy once. And it gives them courage to come out. And yes. And, and now not only are we have <laughs> 25 people waiting to be scheduled, but now once the people, once they get out and talk, they get the bug in them. And they want to continue talking. And that's where you and all the others come on and they start their own podcast. And that is how we build the community. So um, I'm glad, you know, everything happens uh, for a reason. And I'm, I'm thrilled the way things had worked out for this. Yeah. And I think that you really found a, a very specific niche. And I think going the route of talking to just your everyday average man and woman out there who, you know, I know when I first emailed you and I first started listening, I, I said it on my episode, episode 52, but I, I said, uh, when I first got shot the flat earth files, cause it shot it to me from my algorithm or whatever. 
And I was like, ah, no, nah, that's ridiculous. And then I found out it was you because I had listened to the fact hunter before. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, but like flat earth, oh, that's kind of ridiculous and eh, whatever, you know, but, uh, I think I emailed you like when I first started listening and I was like, Hey bro, this is an awesome podcast. It's very interesting. I don't know if I'm sold, but you know, and I know that that's what you're saying. You can see the progression of these people, like barely testing the water and kind of touching their toes in it and that. And then they take us, they get ankle deep and then they get knee deep. And then next thing you know, they're like, okay, I'll, I'm just jumping in. And then they're fully, they come out a, a, a newly baptized flat earther, which I like to call true earther, you know, or I, I like that term, but uh, we, I understand why you kept it flat earth because that's what, that was the, 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 the catchphrases that people were looking for, the term that people were looking for. But I think that in talking to, because here's the unique thing about li- talking to, different people, you know, and, and I want to bring up like, you know, everybody has different points that they will make and not, and everybody see different things within the flat earth reality, you know, uh, shout out to Robert Lick too. It's the name of his show. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody, everybody sees something that somebody notices something that I didn't notice. And then somebody else notices something and that person didn't notice. And when you compile all these different testimonies, we're all pointing out these different things. And, and you're like, wow, I didn't think of that, you know? because somebody else did but but then you incorporate it with what you know and that's how we keep growing this we keep growing this knowledge base you know and we're we all notice different things and there's people doing different experiments and there's people out there having different experiences and reading different books and that's another thing i want to mention to you folks it's important to start buying physical copies of books because when they do this yeah when they start doing this great uh digital purging of information it's going to be like the great nazi book burn but online and they're going to I think uh, AI algorithms are kind of going down another rabbit hole here, but I have this this uh, theory or thought that uh, AIs allowing all this stuff to go on, and they're just collecting information. And then once they've got enough information collected, they're going to go through this great purge. So go out and buy books on these subjects. Uh, you know, word of mouth, share it with people. You know, we're going to have to find other ways to get this information out there one day, possibly. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can maintain this. But, uh, you know, they're after our free speech. They're after all these things. They're actively censoring this stuff. That's why it's important. But it's also important that we listen to each and everybody. Each and everybody, uh, everybody individually has something to contribute. And everybody's unique story, somebody's story might not resonate as much as another person's story. But it's interesting to listen to all these things. And there's one person out there that's going to reach somebody who's not a flat earther that somebody else can't. And that's why if we got more fishing rods in the lake, more the more fish we're going to catch, right? right. So, I mean, I look at this like, uh, you know, I listen to the episodes that resonated with me. And like, you know, you had guys like uh, uh, Scipio, and I think he was a, on Fact Hunter, but he's also a flat earther too. Just tremendously brilliant guy. And I've reached out to these individuals and asked them, hey, and I, I got Scipio to come on. Um, the Fervamental podcast, and we're going to do a part two and three. I mean, I I hear people that go on your your show and they bring up these these brilliant points, and I'm like, how did I not think of that? I mean, even on my show, uh, you know, uh, Alex is my partner, but we did an episode called Silver Bullets, and I don't know if you've heard that one, but you know, that's my second most listened to episode, and and so many people contact me and they're like, wow, man, Alex, like. The whole part when he talked about draining the water from the earth and what would it look like, and then when you, if you and then you refill it, where does the water go? How does that work? Right? That was just brilliant. I was like, where did you come up? He had an epiphany, you know. 
and he brought it up on my show. And there were so I got so many emails about that. It's like everybody has something that they're going to see that you're not going to see that I'm not going to see. And you never know. It could be the somebody you don't expect and they just come on the flat earth files and they rock your world and they rock your audience, you know, and that's what's cool about your show. And then in between that, you're also reading emails and then you're playing the, the, the speak pipe messages. And I think it is a brilliant way that you you've done this and you've really found something in and you know firmamental is a podcast where i talk about every i like to talk about everything and sometimes we just talk nonsense and crack jokes you know because i like to keep it lighthearted and have fun and that's just the kind of person i am but we get serious and we talk flat earth and we talk conspiracies but sometimes we talk like you know about wwe wrestlers and stuff and you know alex always talks about how he wants to uh diamond cut neil degrasse tyson yeah, <laughs> you know, so we we have fun too. You know, in the AR-15s was the concept that Alex brought to me. He's like, "Hey, what do you think about AR-15s?" And I was like, "Oh, you want to do an episode on like you know assault assault weapons?" And he's all, "No, man, Alex and Raul going hard for fifteen minutes in little short bursts, and we just have fun." And I was like, "That's brilliant!" And you know what? This has become like my most popular segment. I'm getting more emails about this than anything else. And then we just cool. recorded two. Uh, yesterday and we're calling them extended mags so they're ar-15s but extended mags so we go like around 45 minutes yeah exactly so we go for 30 minutes instead of 15 and it's just a fun way to engage with the fans but i think there's so much more as podcasters and, and content creators and truth speakers that we can be doing to engage with the listeners and our fan bases and getting into video streaming and getting into like some of these roundtable discussions and having people call in and interact with us, like, what do you think about how we could grow this organically and how we could all help each other out? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. That was on my mind today when I was talking. Me and Dave actually talked for for quite a bit before we started uh, recording. I already told him tonight that uh, he said he had a lot of fun, so uh, I'm hoping to bring him on in the fall to do a live call-in show, like a 9 p.m. start time, so even the folks on the West Coast can call in and ask him questions live. Even when we recorded today, people had did a speak pipe to ask their message and I was able to play it for him and he was able to pull up, you know, the information on his app. So yeah, uh, as much as I love doing audio, I recognize that I do need to start doing more video as well. Just <laughs> that I just peeked at, at rumble while you were talking. It's like 200 uh, views already. And some people are commenting already on the video. So it's very exciting. Uh, I do understand how people like the video side. Uh, but for me personally on the YouTube, uh, I just got an email two days ago, uh, something I posted on YouTube in 2021 and got a strike. So you know, I can, if, if I wanted to post Dave's uh, video, I couldn't do it for, I forget, it's seven or 14 days. So uh, the nonsense with YouTube, uh, I understand that it's a necessary evil. And uh, right, we talk about using uh, the devil's tools to destroy him and if you're smart and flat earth, it doesn't seem like ha has really got hit with the out. Now they do a good job hiding it, but they don't really give strikes for it the way they did. You know, the things we talk about over the last three years with uh, getting uh, the jibby jabby, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The juice. Yeah. I was doing a radio. Uh, I said, what are you going to say? No, no, I was just going to say, like, I just got on Instagram and uh, everybody's telling me, you need to do reels. And I'm not good at them. I haven't done the fancy ones that people do with all the stuff around them. I, it's just me walking around and talking and spilling some of my thoughts. But I already had two get flagged. 
And I realized, and, and, and Claude had mentioned to me, and he's like, dude, it's because you said the word. And he's all, just find another, uh, you know, another, another word to use in place of it. And the AI algorithm won't catch it. So you just got to be crafty with the way you do it. But it's just ridiculous and it's annoying. And it almost makes me want to be like, eh, F these people. I don't even want to be on this platform then. But at the same time, you know, we got to learn how to operate, you know, covertly and, and, and operate inside of their system, inside of their matrix and break it apart from within, right? Yeah. Alex said we need you to uh, do some TikTok dancing. <laughs> There you go, folks. I just did a little uh, TikTok dances. We're on FaceTime here. We're just having a little bit of fun. <laughs> there you go. And, and for me, it's like, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many people say you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, then there, you do Rumble, you do Gab, you do Twitter. You, do, I mean, it gets to be like a lot. So yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it, it can be a lot. So uh, I'm happy with Rumble. I'm happy with the audio, and I do want to expand into uh, focus eventually on a radio and bring people on and and have certain times where people can, you know, tune in and listen. Uh, even if it's not live, pre-recorded at 8 o'clock, this guy message comes on because uh, I've seen a lot of success with, like, Speak Free Radio, Revolution Radio. Um, people are looking. That's yeah. why our guests are, are successful because, oh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, Rob Skiba was the, and I'm so sorry, I don't know how. My, my Rob Skiba, dude, what yeah. the heck, man? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Adams, he fart bombed that one. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's awesome. And I just found a video of his wife talking about the whole experience. It was it was really moving. Um, but yeah, the, the, what was I saying? Yeah, so uh, we're just talking about like the different platforms and the different routes yeah. you can choose to get this information out there. And I think, well, we all have different talents. And I really enjoyed your last Rumble video that you did. It was a compilation of a few different things, but the way you compiled the video footage together, it was tremendous. Go look at it. You guys go out there, go on Rumble and find it's fat. It's other Fact Hunter on Rumble, right? Right, right. It's yeah. not Flat Earth Files. It's Fact Hunter. They're lying to you about everything or something like they're lying to you. Yeah, tremendous video, man. We're going to post a link to it in this episode. You know, and I think we all have different talents. And, you know, I, I you you could tell me I'm a, I'm a clown and I, I, I like to crack jokes. So I think TikTok might be a good one for me. And I know, you know, if the government doesn't like TikTok, well, then, hey, I like it because anything the government, anything the government doesn't like, I, I, I tend to like. So anything that they're against, I'm kind of for like, uh, you know, they're like my polar opposite. They can't control it. That's why they don't like it. Exactly. They're going to say, oh, it's a spy app and this and that. But, you know, I I'm sure there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot, there's bull crap everywhere. OK, but it's just like free speech. You're either for it or you're, or you want these jerks censoring everything, you know? And I would rather, you know, I don't care if you're, listen, racism is despicable. It's ugly. It's nasty. And I would punch a racist, bigot, sexist, whatever, you know, you disrespected me, one of my family or my friends in front of me, uh, you might not like what happens to you. But that doesn't mean that they can't go and say what it, they say, whatever the hell they want to say. You know what I'll do? I'll just change the damn channel. Like, That's right. it's ridiculous for people to be like, oh, we need to, because what they're going to do is they're just going to give all the, con the, the power to our controllers and they're going to de they're deeming what it we can't talk about and they're hiding the truth. And people, if you don't think that they're hiding the truth, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, that I knew that took the vaccine that are like, no, I wish I didn't take, it. you know, well, I'm not taking another one now, you know, but look at just 
try to Google information about any alternate treatment to COVID, it's only going to shoot you back to how great the vaccine is and how safe and effective the vaccine is. You know, you go on another, you know, like Yandex or Brave or one of these alternate, and you're going to find great information. It's like these these big tech censorship, they're, they're after very specific, you know, subjects in the truth community. And of course, COVID was a big one. But, you know, if, if they're lying to it, like you said, if they lied to us about landing on the moon, which is in all of our textbooks and is supposedly our greatest accomplishment, like what else are they lying to us about? I know that's what woke me up to the flat earth. And, and that's one thing that I was going to ask you. What was the straw that broke the camel's back with you with flat earth? What was the one that, that finally hit you where you're like, OK, I'm sold on this? Well, curvature was 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 a big one for me that we could see too far because I did some research and I saw so many videos uh, that we could see not only too far but way too far. And then, like going back to that stairway of truth, I had already knocked out everything, even some of the most fringe conspiracies. Where I think deep inside, even as I finally went back into my trash folder and in my email and brought Dave's email back out and said, "All right, I'll." I'll I'll look at it because my conscience was bothering me that I always said, I'll reply to everybody. And then I looked at that. I, I think it was a podcast with Crow triple seven and David Weiss and listening to it. It just common sense, right? Going back to the very beginning of the show where we talked about how we're so quick to trust people in a white lab coat with a title uh, who we've never met in our life. We know nothing of them, but because they're standing in front of a telephone or a, excuse me, a television camera, uh, with a lab coat and they have a PhD and they've got their cool credentials, they're telling the truth, right? And, uh, these are the same people who, who told us what that, what went down, uh, on 9-11. And then I remembered these are the same people who swore with their lives that there was weapons of mass destruction and, yeah. and they blindly sent people's loved ones into combat. And look, I'm just, telling the story from my perspective imagine the people uh <laughs> in baghdad in in talafar in basra in bakwaba in mosul uh in all these cities around iraq who think about this and this is the something that we are terrible about as, as americans okay imagine so my normal night i'm outside uh today was the day if you really wanted some fun video uh, old man river me i was out back chasing chickens it was we, we had to check and rings because we have pearl stars and they can fly and our neighbors have dogs and they'll so we have to trim once a year we have to trim their wings uh it, we're just cutting their feathers like cutting hair it doesn't hurt them but uh, watching george try to catch a chicken would make a great <laughs> yeah imagine i'm doing all this and then you look out front and there's a bunch of MRAPs uh, with gunners with uh, 50 cal machine guns pointed at your home. Now, ask me this, folks. Are you going to smile and wave at these people as your daughter is playing out front? Or maybe she's sitting under our apple tree picking an apple. Or are you going to be are you going to be pissed off? Let me ask you that. How are you going to feel if that's you? Yeah. Yeah, right. And um then they had the, uh, how dare they shoot at us? <laughs> how dare they? You know, we rolled into their country. We destroyed it. Um, you know, if you really, and I, I warn people ahead, if 
if you have a stomach, but at the same time, you, you need to know if you research the children of Fallujah, uh, where we dispensed white phosphorus and uh, depleted uranium around town, uh, we ruined a generation. And um, these are the things that we, if you really want to understand, you have to put the, you know, wear their shoe. You have to look at it from the other vantage point. Oh. If, if your loved one got shot downtown or just all these things, um, we had some terrible incidents uh, where, you know, it changed our soldier's life and, and a family's life in Iraq. And I'm not going to get into it because I'm trying to keep, uh, keep the vibe up. But um, these are the things that, that people need to, to really think about. No, it's okay. And, 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 that's what firmamental is all about, man. It's about, uh, I call it firmamentalism, but there's highs, there's lows. It's just like life. There's an ebb and a flow even to our conversation. And I'm even getting emotional listening to you talk about this stuff. And when you, when you were talking, I don't know if you've ever seen this video, but if you haven't, go and watch the Metallica video, The Day That Never Comes. And in that video, they're, they're rolling, they're, 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 oh, they're just jamming the guitar so hard. And it shows, you know, they're in like their, you know, they're Humvee and it's fully armored and they got it and they roll up on this, this lady in a burka and like there's a guy in the hood of the car and, and, and they think he's like messing with a bomber. He, he's reaching for something and, and really he's like reaching for like jumper cables or something. And they're like, they run up on him and they're about to like chill him. And then, yeah. and then they realize the guy's just reaching for jumper cables and they get out the car and they're like, and, and then, and then the soldiers are like, uh, stand down, stand down. And they end up helping them jump their vehicle and then they watch them drive off and it's like that was such a powerful music video man yep. like uh it, it, i want to post a link to that video. if you guys have never seen that video it just reminds me of like what george was talking about and i can't imagine that's the things that i could never imagine you know being um sorry still there my yeah. my phone was telling me that my battery's juice is going a little low but it's all right uh i got enough um, anyways, you know, it, those are the things that people don't realize If you've never been over there or you've never been in these people's shoes or you've never been in the troop shoes and, and seen what they, they see and the, the, the monstrosities and the horrors and all this stuff, we can't comprehend these things. And this is the psychological trauma that they carry with them, you know, uh, and, and thank God for you, for you being able to have podcasting as this form of therapy to, to to release this stuff because there's guys and there's men and women out there in the service and 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 these people that still have to live in these war-torn countries that they don't have these things and we need to be grateful for what we do have but we need to understand too that we could be put in a predicament at any time and we could become the people on the other side so it's you know it's it's all about uh perspective and you know we need to be grateful for what we have but we also need to know how fragile the time that we're living in it is and that uh we're only a few clicks away from having the shoe on the other foot 100 percent. and i've been literally all around this geocentric earth uh hundreds of thousands of miles of times on the plane and i'm here to tell you whether it's um in the caribbean whether it's in europe whether it's in the middle east or the far east we're all the same people man we just want to um, work, have a job, have an opportunity to feed our family, to shelter our family, and, and have enough money left over uh, to to do something fun a, a, as a family. It's the same all around the world, and they, you know, the controllers want you to think that 
the people who live in Iraq or even Iran are, are these evil people and they sit in, in their rooms all night trying to, you know, how to destroy, um, uh, you know, our country, the propaganda machine that this country and Europe uh, became through people like Edward Bernays. And then at the end of World War II, they took on uh, all the brilliant minds, brought them over here. And uh, of course, as, as recently as 2012 with the Smith Modernization Act, where it is completely legal for our government to use propaganda against us. And that's just a coincidence. Um, I don't have my coincidence jar button. I know. <laughs> But it's just a coincidence when all those, uh, you know, all those school shootings started after that time and many other things as well. So, um, yeah, the, the, the people at the top of the food chain are certainly not looking out for us. Yeah, definitely not. And just look at all this stuff. Look at all the radical stuff that's coming down, you know, and, and, and I think more than worrying about the 2024 presidential election, start to look at, at politic, politics on like your local level. And, and start from within your community. And what's so cool is I got a guy that's running. I, I live in a place that uh, the people that live in my neighborhood, in my area of Albuquerque, we call it the war zone. But they uh, are our liberal granola eating mayor calls it the international district. But people that live over here, we call it the war zone. Right. Much. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, the Albuquerque's mayor, man, Tim Keller. I can't stand this guy. But anyways, uh, I have a guy that's running for city council in my neighbor, in my, our area, the international district. And he's a local business owner. He owns a barber shop. He's a father of, I think, three kids, you know, and dude, he's got face tattoos. He doesn't affiliate with no political party. And he was just asking for to get enough signatures to get on the ballot. And this guy's got like, he's really just foot on the feet on the ground. He's even called me on the phone, gave me his personal phone number and we text each other and he held a rally and a barbecue at his barber shop and he's just like he's like about the people and i'm like okay man this is somebody i can get behind and it's cool i want a city council and member uh, a city council member with fit uh, with face tattoos for uh for the war zone over here you know i'm getting behind this guy you know so i see cool things happen but that's where we need to start we need to start with what we can control you know not saying let go of the things that we we can't control i mean like certain things you have to let go of in life because but if it start, if we just started with ourselves and what we can control and stop worrying about what we can't, we wouldn't, we would be so blown away by the t real change that would happen. I think people think that they're not capable of change because they think, well, I'm just little old me and what difference is it going to make? But if everybody has that attitude, there's never any change. It's just like the same thing with a litter bug, right? Well, I should take this and just, I'll throw it, you know? And if, if everybody has that attitude, we're going to live in a trashy place. But if everybody consciously was aware of that, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with this, folks. Like, you can make a change. You can make a difference. You can wake up. You can choose to shut off the television. You can choose to shut off the programming. You can choose to focus on your relationship with your family and your friends and your kids, whoever you have in your life. You can choose to to be a, uh, you know, a more productive worker and have more positive interactions with people on a daily basis. Or you can choose to just be negative. And not contribute anything. But if we just let go of all that stuff and focus on what we can control, get involved on a on a local level, we can start to see change. But if we just have this attitude like it doesn't matter, or it's the it's already writ, it's already wrote in the books. They already have control. There's nothing we can do about it. 
Well, then th that's what the enemy wants. He just wants you to submit. We're already in submission. And I refuse to be in submission. Like, dude, you could have me on the mat and you could have me in a guillotine choke. But as long as I got a slip roll, I'm not tapping out, dude. I'm not going to tap out. And I think that's the attitude that we need to have. I think that's the attitude that you have. And hopefully we light fires underneath people and we wake people up. That's all it's about. That's all we're trying to get you to do is to say, don't take our, don't take our word for it. But go look into this stuff that we're saying and, and look at what they're saying and look at what we're saying and then weigh it on the scales of justice and see what makes more sense to you. And you come up with your own conclusion. But at least start to question these things. Just don't take it hook, line, and sinker, you know, because you'll be in their, uh, you'll be in their slaughterhouse real soon. Yeah, man. And going back to what you said, um, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And that's what COVID was all about. People were so um, afraid to die, they forgot how to live. And, and we can never, shame on us for allowing it to happen in the first place. But, man, I'm telling you, folks, if you fall for it again, you know, the whole fool me once, fool me twice, um, we, we can't allow it to happen again. That's why what we're doing is so important. This This is a domino effect. This is a live example of a domino effect where, uh, I'm passionate about something and, and I speak about it and then it motivates you and then that motivates other people. And we are seeing, um, you know, a firmamental is and our podcasts are spreading truth. And we have to. Here's the thing. What's very important. We joke about being closet flat earthers and things like this. We need to take whatever things that we're scared of. And, and we need to put them aside and we need to put on the armor of God and, and speak the truth. And, and if people think you're crazy or, you know, you lose credibility with family members or friends, um, well, you know, you listen, everybody has their journey to the truth. I'm not so, sitting here to tell everybody how to live their life, but if you want to make a difference, uh, you got to speak from the heart. And if you have conviction about something, why should you be afraid to speak it? Right. Correct. And that's it. That's why I think this is so vitally important. This is why I love your programs. I love your podcasts. I love what you do. I love what you contribute to us. And you always bring, I'm a podcast junkie and you become my favorite podcaster. And any episode you put out, I go and listen to it right away. Once I filter through years, now I got all these other guys and we're supporting each other's podcasts. So I got a lot of my queue that I got to go catch up on, but you know, I'm grateful for this and it really is amazing. And I'm seeing people slowly just wake up out of the slumber and wipe the coal from their eyes and start to like question things. That's all. That's, that's a bit, that's a start. That's a start. There is some hope and don't give up hope. Don't let go of it and don't submit. Keep fighting. You know, uh, all men die, but few men live. You know, I truly live, you know, and uh, it's not about, you know, what what legacy do we want to leave behind to our children? Not everybody out there has children, but uh, you have nephews or nieces or cousins that are younger than you. And, and the, to the people that are parents, just think about, like, what are we leaving the, these next generations? Do we want to leave them this mess? Do we want to uh, just be like, you guys figure it out? Because if it's up to us letting the controllers make decisions for them. They'll be programmed, microchip, brain implanted sheep that have no gender. That's not what we want. 
You know, that's a lie from the enemy. And I, I'm a Christian. Uh, I don't really like the term Christian, so to say, so to say. But, um, you know, and I, I rejected mainstream religion for a long time. I recently got implanted into a church that, uh, thank God he did. It's a small little startup church, but, uh, they're not scared to talk about the things that are actually going on. But I, I even resisted. But believe me, there is a remnant. God has his remnant out there. He does have his bride. He does have, you know, and it's growing. It's growing and it's growing organically, but it starts with doing work like this. And this is so important. And maybe your thing isn't podcasting. Your thing isn't uh, being a video streamer. You can do it any way like you can. Even if you touch one person in your personal life. I mean, I know a, a little old lady that goes to our church and she knits scarves and, and beanie caps. And she puts little Jesus cards with prayers in them. And she puts like some snacks in them. And like when the weather gets cold, she drives around and she hands them out to people. That's like, awesome. You, you never know. Like. She could, there's, could be somebody that she pulls from the, the snare of the enemy. You know, it, it, there's things that you can do. There is a way that you can make a difference. And whether it's on a thousand souls or one soul, it's, it's a soul for the kingdom, you know, and we need to be sowing love. There's enough hatred in this world. There's enough n negativity in this world. We're not perpetuating all that's negative. We're just shining a light on it, you know, just so we could see the roaches scurry. You know, because that's what these, they are. These individuals, we got to understand we're the 99. They're the 1%. If we knew the power that we actually had, and that's the thing about Flat Earth. That's what made Flat Earth so tremendous to me is when I understood that they're hiding God from people. Because if we knew that we lived underneath this, and that's why I named my show Firmamental. But if we knew we lived underneath this dome, we wonder we're under the threat of all these things that we're saying we're under threat of, you know. And uh, we were the center of God's creation and how special we are. Then it would show people that the Bible is the truth. And I know not all flat earthers are, 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 are Bible believers. And then you don't have, but, you know, for me, that's how it resonated with me, you know, and that's why it, it's so important to me. And I'm so passionate about it because they're lying to us. They're lying to us about everything when you understand flat earth you realize they are lying to you about everything, everything. yeah <laughs> and nothing is off the table but uh at the same time don't get overwhelmed yep. one step at a time you know you can and, and, and pull your head out of the rabbit hole I, i've had to talk to other just since i started doing this podcast i've had to go and talk to other guys i'm not going to say who uh, some personal conversations uh with with other guys that are doing shows but it's like hey buddy dude you need to take a break just take a break for a while. Like for me, dude, I still go watch SpongeBob every night with my five year old. I, I I love UFC. I love to watch. I love to watch combat sports. You know, I still I still watch sports from time to time. You know, I like to to watch movies. But like you, I'm like annoying because I'm pointing all this stuff out. But uh, you know, we pull your head out of the rabbit hole. Spend time with your family. Enjoy, you know, enjoy what you can in life, and then go back to researching once. But don't just stay in the rabbit hole. But uh, George, I'm so grateful and you got me fired up. And I wanted to go on a little rant. But I think it's important that uh, that people understand how important this movement is and how important they are as individuals. Like, we're not all the same. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same calling. But we all can make a difference. And whether it's one soul or a thousand souls or whatever, do what you can. 
but it starts with us as individuals. That's all I wanted to say to the firmamentalists out there. Some firmamentalism. But uh, I'm going to leave you with the final statement. Um, just wrap it up and and, and, and do your shout outs. Uh, tell the, the listeners about any information or anything that you want to let them know with things that you have coming down the pipeline. And, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of taper this thing down and call it a night. 100%. And, and once again, my, uh, forgive me. God bless Rod Skiba. He, he was one of the people um, uh, who, who touched my life as well. And I was really upset to hear he passed. And forgive me, I'm an older guy. I've had too many concussions. <laughs> Sometimes I was having a podcast last night and I couldn't even think of Latin. You know, it, it just it just happens. You have a brain fart when you do so many podcasts. Like you said, getting out of, of the rabbit hole is very important. And I have one interview tomorrow and, I, and I'm kind of out for, for a few days and spending time with family, going to the parks and things like that. So that is very important. And by the way, I try to be cognizant of... Uh, more particularly, I think when I'm doing the Fact Hunter podcast, that I don't like to be a, a, a doomsdayer, right? I, what I'm trying to do is to point out, I'm trying to cite things to say, here's exhibit 17,382 that the government is lying to you. Um, at the same time, <laughs> I, I try to be cognizant, like I said, not doom and gloom, because the last thing you want to do is listen to a podcast and be depressed like oh my gosh there's nothing we can do so i do try to do those things and i have found uh, on the other side it's really interesting on one you're, you're telling people of operation sea spray where in the 50s the military sprayed the city of san francisco with uh you know this <laughs> stuff you're like oh my gosh and then on the other hand you know the next night i'm, I'm doing a podcast um like last night a 73 year old gentleman by the name of bud who just spoke for an hour and a half on positivity. So it's it's really a wide range of, of emotions. I do, like I said, I do need to be a better of, number one, I'm new to being a guest if you guys haven't figured that out. I'm used to being on the <laughs> So I get excited when I'm able to talk, so I apologize if I rambled too far. But I'm passionate about the truth like Raul and so many other people are. It means a lot to us. We understand uh, what's at stake, right? Now, with that being said, uh, realize that, like, I'm cool if anything happens to me. I'm in the back nine, and uh, I know where I'm going when this episode is over. But at the same time, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, there, there's children a lot younger who have a long way to go, and I do want to try to make a change for them. And if and if I go the way of Bill Cooper, so be it. I've got my insurance, my wife's taken care of, and everything else, and th that's fine. Uh, at the same time, uh, I do... And when I say this, I don't take it lately. I do care about not just my children, but your children and everybody else who's listened to this podcast, uh, because I have seen the worst of humanity, but I've also seen the best of humanity. And I know how the world can be when the best of humanity comes together. So that's what it's all about. Um, like Raul was saying, man, that when I hear things like that, my mom in the back of her trunk, she has the same thing. She has a homeless box. And she will stop in the middle of a highway and get out, put her flashers on, and hand a bag to, to some people. And that's some things I need to start doing better too. I'll stop and give them cash, but we can, you can, you can literally make a difference in somebody's day. And we, we should all, um, strive to do that. So with that, I want to thank Raul for giving me this opportunity to have some fun and be a guest on such a great podcast. And I appreciate, uh, Alex behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes, keeping us straight. 
And just God bless everyone. Keep your head up and, uh, like I said, keep it on a swivel. Yeah, and we love you, George. And uh, you're kind of the, you're becoming the, uh, whether you like it or not, you're becoming the general in this little army that we got going here. So uh, salute to my favorite podcaster and just an overall great human being and a great man of God. It's been a wonderful time. And always remember, folks, to all my fundamentalists out there, protect your dome. within these walls and chains as a teardrop to